This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. Welcome to the Greg Kelly Show. Uh, where is Greg Kelly? What happened to him? Did he cross the street? Did, uh, what did you get when the chicken crossed the road? What happens when the... TV host crosses the road and he forgets about his radio show. Greg Kelly, where are you? Where are you, Greg Kelly? I'm holding down the fort until Greg Kelly gets here. Did he get hit by a cab like Curtis Leewood did that time? Remember when he was on his way here to do a debate? Well, you know, before we went to break, um, well, before I was doing the show earlier, between uh, 12.15 and 1 o'clock, I've been coming on all this week uh, right after Bill O'Reilly. So it's kind of like a... Test run, see how it goes, and I love all of you guys calling in. But this is the Greg Kelly Show, and I'm Lydia Serrani, holding the seat warm until Greg walks in. Do you know that there is this whole kind of movement that schools want to hide whether or not the kid comes to the guidance counselor and tells them that they're trans or that they're gay or something? Anything that goes on with my kid, I want to know. You are the teacher. You are there to teach my kid how to read and write, uh, the history, you name it. Ah, here he is. But you are not going to be the person that raises my child. Here's Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is here, everybody. Have no fear. Uh, I was holding the seat warm for you. All right. How much trouble do you think I'm in? What do they say when you when you're when you're this late? Uh oh. <laughs> now listen. I I got look at my watch. All right. My watch actually is officially it's three minutes slow. My my prestige. My, I apologize, everybody. Oy, oy, oy. I'm going to get written up. I got to get. Going to have to go see the HR person. I'm going to have to. Ah, what can you do, huh? I mean, who hasn't been late before? And what's the big deal? It's uh, hey. Oh, wait a second. What am I talking about? Slow watch. It's raining outside. It's uh, it's raining outside. That's a what's up. What's up? Everybody okay? Relax. Everyone's scrambling around like, oh, here comes Lydia back. What's up? It's not your fault. There's It's not my fault. There's promos? There's something going on technically. There's something going on technically? Are you giving me an excuse or are you giving me the real deal? I swear to God, I'm telling the truth. She swears to God. Wow. So if only I kept my stupid mouth shut, I would not be. Now I've alerted my many bosses here that I showed up late. Oh, well. Oh well, I can handle it. You know they're you know what they're going to do. They're they're. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. They'll be calling my boss, my manager. You know, also known as my wife. <laughs> All right, hello. Uh, how is everybody? It was a uh, brief weekend, and you know what? Twitter. Uh, I guess he's not in charge totally because they're still messing with our friends. They're messing with our people. Uh, who am I talking about? Mike Lindell. They welcomed him back to Twitter, and now he's already off again. What did he do? Just like he's just the sells pillows. Let him say whatever he wants. This is America. You're allowed to have doubts about the election. You got that, Mayorkas? How about Mayorkas? Anybody who knows who he is? Mayorkas. The sleazy, slimy, weirdo, Department of Homeland Security guy. 
There's something very strange about him. So the same guy who ruined the border is going to tell us what's fake news, what's real news, what's disinformation, what's misinformation, what's genuine information, huh? Yeah, this is a real thing. The digital, what do they call it? The digital governance board. The digital governance board. Um, Oh, wait, I know what's all messed up. I'm wearing these big goofy headphones. These are Lydia's. Hold on a second. I got to put in my... You know what I like to wear? I, I like to wear the iPhone, the little ones, the little iPhone ones. Hold on. And uh, I'll switch those. Um, hold on. All right. Somebody will be right with you, right with you momentarily. I don't understand why we have to hear our own voice in the headphones anyway, when you think about it. That's not. Huh. All right. Much better. Much, much, much better. Um we have Mr. Mayorkas from the Sunday shows? Uh, yes, we do, as a matter of fact. Fox News Sunday terrorists. Uh, this will give you an idea of his overall cluelessness, please. Cut 18. Cut 18. Did not want to speak, misspeak in response to Ranking Member Jordan's question, because we know where those 42 individuals are right. on the TSDB, the terrorist screening database. Now, I did not want to speak with respect to the disposition of each and every one of them. But we know where they are, and we've got our hands on it. Uh, I don't think he's got his hands on anything. We all saw him testify last week, and now he's actually the, the nerve of these people to tell us what's real, what's not. This is dangerous, dangerous stuff. It was dangerous when, um, oh, by the way, Joe Biden, who saw the White House Correspondents' Dinner? I actually uh, live tweeted it a little bit on Saturday night, just making fun of it. Because it was ridiculous. There they are just praising themselves for telling the truth and uh, uh, standing up for the truth and fighting the lies. Oh, really? Oh, really? Uh, here's, a, um, here's something they did not include in the news. And they're patting themselves on the back for what a great job they do delivering the news. But when Joe Biden couldn't come up with a simple word, kleptocracy. OK, it's not the simplest word, but he is president of the United States. It's. A kleptocracy. It's a it's a regime that steals from the people, right? It's a corrupt regime, kind of like a, well, uh, not supposed to say anything bad about Ukraine anymore, but uh, kind of like Ukraine, kind of like Russia. Lots of countries like this. With uh, I, I hear Zelensky's better, but for a long time that place was very corrupt. Why do you think Joe Biden liked going over there so much, huh? All right, cut forty one. I'm also sending to Congress a comprehensive package. Of, uh, that will enhance our underlying effort to accommodate the Russian oligarchs uh, and make sure we take their take their their ill-begotten gains. <laughs> We're going to accommodate them. We're going to seize their yachts, their luxury homes, and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Uh, yeah, kleptocracy and klep- the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> <laughs> not but funny, Joe. Not funny. Wrap it up. So he says that in front, and he also says we're going to accommodate the Russians. We're going to accommodate the oligarchs. Well, no, we don't, we're not going to accommodate them, right? That would be wrong. We're going to go after them. We're going to steal that. We're going to take their stuff from them. All right, that's what he's trying to say. No, but he says we're going to accommodate them. So he makes all these mistakes, and the fake news just pretend it did not happen. They pretended it didn't happen. It was amazing. I had to see it for myself. That night, I watched ABC, NBC, CBS. I do this stuff for you. And uh, not one mention of it. It was just another normal day at the White House. 
Now, um, maybe they do that for all presidents, right? (laughs) All right. Remember when Donald Trump had a momentary uh, typo? You remember Kofifi, whatever the hell that meant? It was a typo on his Twitter. He tweeted, it was like, when was this? Shortly after he became president. He said, hello, everybody, and Kofifi. Nobody knew what it meant. And there was a, uh, well, there was a meltdown. That's uh, Kofifi was the word of the country for about a week. And people still remember it. Cut 42, please. We all know that President Trump tweets in the wee hours of the night, but this one was a doozy. Can you define the word Kofifi? C-O-V-F-E-F-E. What does that mean? It appears to be an unfinished tweet with a typo, but who knows? If it is a mistake, no one seems to be noticing at the White House. That's it. That's all you got. It's not clear what the president was saying. Of course, the Internet lost their kofefe over this. (laughs) Why did the president type that? Kofif, kofefe, we're going to let you make the call this morning. So he actually posted at midnight. What, did he fall asleep? I think he fell asleep in the middle of it. It happened. Your word is kofefe. Can you use it in a sentence? Despite the constant negative press, Kofifi. It was kind of funny when it happened, but why can't we have fun or at least raise serious concerns about the cognitive abilities of the president of the United States? Because when he stood up there stuttering, stammering, couldn't figure it out, said we'd accommodate Russian oligarchs, which was not what was the opposite of the intended message. I think that has something to do with national security, don't you? I think our enemies see a guy like Joe and they think, you know what? Maybe we will take a shot. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Really weak. You know, people make fun and they made fun a lot. But Trump was strong. You knew you could not mess with him. You see this. You see this in your own life. There are certain people you don't mess with. You know, we've all had a new boss. We've all had. Hey, how about this? We're in school. Let's say we're in the sixth grade or the seventh grade. Make it the, yeah, sixth grade. Because back when I was in the sixth grade, you went in and you had the same teacher all day long, right? And every now and then the teacher was sick. And every now and then you had a substitute teacher. And you took one look at the guy or woman and you thought, okay, this is either going to be an easy day. This is going to be a hard day. This is going to be, oh boy, this guy means business. Oh boy, we're going to have recess. You know, just by looking at the guy, any nine times out of ten, they confirm it as soon as they open their mouth. You know what you're getting. Hey, I wish we were all about the substance. I wish we were all about, but we're animals, and we judge each other, okay? We got this primal thing going on. Is the guy big? Is the guy small? Is the guy, all those things are factored in. It's, it, would be, it would be nice if we just somehow waited for empirical data to come our way, and that's how we made our assessments of individuals, but it doesn't work that way. Anyway, what am I saying? So President Xi of China, who Joe Biden is so, hey, President Xi more than anybody else knows that Joe Biden has lost it. Remember, he bragged how well he knew the guy anyway. Hey, I have to say this, and I don't like him, and generally speaking, he's not funny, but, but, Trevor Noah was Somewhat funny the other night. He was somewhat funny. Let me see here. Um, now, I hope we have. Do we have any fun jokes? Probably not. Let's see. Let's try. Uh, cut 28. Cut 28. Trevor Noah. He's, uh, he's from South Africa, and he's mixed race. Okay? That's like a big part of his brand. And he writes books about it. He uh, reminds you about it all the time. And he's grown his hair out. So, uh, anyway, cut 28, please. COVID risk aside, can I just say how happy I am 
that this event is happening again for the first time in three years. Yeah. And the truth is, I want us all to have a good time tonight. So please, everyone relax. You know, I know everyone in this room is worried about who catches you laughing at what. And, but just chill. Just chill. We're celebrating. We're out. You know, get comfortable. Not too comfortable, Jeffrey Tubin. Not too comfortable. <laughs> no, you know what? Hey, well, I want to hear the rest of the joke. Oh, well. Yeah, Jeffrey Tubin. We all know what he did, right? Although, I mean, uh, do I want to defend Jeffrey Tubin? No, it's, he doesn't need me. It was in his house. I'll just say that. He was in his house. He was in his house. And uh, it's not like he was. What? Did, where was Pee Wee Herman when that happened? He was out in public. He was, he was in a movie theater. Well, a special type of movie theater. I think he was in a, uh, well, we don't have those anymore, but he was in a porno theater. We really don't have those. I mean, do we? Some towns, I guess, have them. No. Why the hell would you sit in a theater if you want to consume that material? You, could, you, you can get anything you want in, on your telephone. Telephone. Speaking of which, um, maybe I'll just get rid of my watch and look at my phone all the time because the, uh, the time is more accurate. All right. Let me just hear it. Cut 30. Try that one. Mr. President, thank you being here. Thank you for having me here. You know, I was a little confused about why me, but then I was told that you get your highest approval ratings when a biracial African guy is standing next to you, so... Uh... Now, that's funny. That's pretty funny. He's, yeah, I, can, I can work with that. Uh, let's see here. Is there another one? Uh, oh, do we want to... Joe Biden... Hmm. He cracked one decent joke. Uh, his whole presidency is a joke, and it's a bad joke, but one decent joke from the other night. Cut 35, please. Well, Republicans <laughs> seem to support one fellow, some guy named Brandon. He's having a really good year, <laughs> and I'm kind of happy for him. All right, that's not bad, right? Come on, that was okay. Self-deprecating, all the things you're supposed to be. All the th- <laughs> uh, Let's go, Brandon, indeed. They, they finally told you who he was, huh? Joe, the first time that came up, uh, we all noticed that you didn't seem to get the joke. Anyway, I'm glad they came in and briefed you. Uh, I shall be back in a moment. Greg Kelly. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Who's old enough to remember the Patriot Act? Remember the Patriot Act? And the the left went totally nuts. What did they want? They wanted to be able to see what library books uh, certain people were checking out. I guess suspects or whatever. I don't think that's the best thing in the world, but I'm sure they were doing it by the book. I bet there's a legal way you can actually do that. If there's not, I don't like it. But uh, the Patriot Act dominated conversation in America for about a year. And there was such outrage. I was not as political then as I am now, and I really, I I just kind of shrugged my shoulders at it. My big concern was the war in Iraq. Thanks for nothing. Um, But now that the government is talking about monitoring speech with something as sinister sounding as the, uh, what do they call this, the FG, the, the, the the DGB, the Digital Governance Board, the Digital Governance Board, and they will look for disinformation stay the hell out of it let's see 
Mayorkas, that uh, we were talking about him, really shifty, weird guy. Uh, he does more damage for his cause. Whatever he represents does not benefit from him representing it, okay? Including this uh, digital governance board. He was on the Sunday shows yesterday. Let's see here. Here he is on a CNN. Cut 34, 34. Republicans are calling it Orwellian and comparing it to the Ministry of Truth in the novel 1984. Can you clarify what exactly is this? I think we probably could have done a better job of communicating what it does and does not do. Will American citizens be monitored? No. Guarantee that. Well, we in the Department of Homeland Security don't monitor American citizens. You don't, but will this board change that? No, no, no. The board does not have any operational authority or capability. Would you be okay if Donald Trump were president? if he created this disinformation board, governance board, or if it is in place and he wins again in 2024, that he's in charge of such a thing? I believe that this working group that gathers together his best practices, makes sure that our work is coordinated, consistent with those best practices, that we're safeguarding the right of free speech, that we're safeguarding civil liberties, I think is an extraordinarily important endeavor. Wow. What a, what a, what a strange person. Now, he also said, In fighting disinformation, what they want to do is fight violence, right? They don't want disinformation leading to violence. Now, you know what they've labeled disinformation? Concerns about the 2020 election. He actually said it on Fox News Sunday, that the election, election disinformation. Well, that's not your call, buddy, okay? You don't do that. You don't get to do that. You don't get to. And how do you do that? How do you certify the election? How do you say, you, Mayorkas, that the election was fine? Hmm? How do you get to do that? Well, the only way you can do it is cite fake news articles, by the way. you got to cite the New York Times. you got to cite the Washington Post. you got to cite that bogus line about 63 judges said there was absolutely—Trump-appointed judges said the— ap- Wrong. Wrong. That's been—talk that, about misinformation and misleading. Those judges did not rule on the merits. They ruled on standing. Poor Rudy Giuliani. Who, by the way, did you hear what I said last week? He will be awarded the Medal of Freedom by Donald Trump, and it'll happen in early 2025. The highest honor our nation can bestow, Rudy Giuliani deserves it. He has paid an enormous price for doing the right thing. Yes, the left will go crazy. They went crazy when Rush Limbaugh uh, got the... Presidential Medal of Freedom. He also, I think, richly deserved it. Hey, if they can give it to, uh, who else? They give it to, like, Diana Ross. They give it to singers they like. And these guys are real patriots. They move the needle. Did Diana Ross get one? Double check that. Uh, uh, George Takei, did he get one? All kinds of actors have gotten them. I think Oprah got one. Anyway, hey, speaking of Rush... You know what Rush Limbaugh really liked in in addition to excellence in broadcasting, and he was the best, in addition to Bo Snerdley, James Golden, and his people, and his brother David, and his country, and the Lord, and the Lord first and foremost? He loved Apple, Apple products, Uh, laptops, iPads, uh, the phone. He loved that stuff. He talked about it on his show all the time, all the time. He loved it, loved Apple products, actually. He, in a way, brought me to Apple. I was I could care less. I was on a BlackBerry, and he was really, and I, I, I think that's why I got an iPhone, actually, was listening to him talk about it and how much he loved his. And Apple, sure, it's woke, sure, it's left, but it's a great company. It's a great story. 
Great product. It started by Steve Jobs and some guy named Wozniak in a garage. In a garage. And now it's the, I think, the most profitable or the biggest company or whatever. Um, Get this, everybody. (laughs) The employees, a good chunk of them, don't want to go back to work. They want to continue working at home, even though they have the most beautiful office in the world. And they're saying making them go back to the office is racist. You guessed it. It's racist to work at the office. More when we come back on that. Listen to this podcast now. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. I was right. I was right. Diana Ross did win. I just guessed. She's the kind of person you'd give the uh, Medal of Freedom to. Great. Diana Ross. Diana Ross. Uh, Bruce Springsteen won a Medal of Freedom. This is the highest award you can give a civilian. Uh, you got to be in the military to get the Medal of Honor. And um, so Medal of Freedom. And who else got one? Uh, Bruce Springsteen. Who was the other guy you say? Tom Hanks. And they gave one. A, and De Niro. De Niro. Wow. All right. So um, they give it to people who um, read scripts and pretend, right? I mean, even uh, Diana Ross, I like her, but, you know, she didn't write all those songs, and somebody wrote them for her, and a lot of other people playing the instruments, great voice, but, you know, Medal of Freedom? I don't know about that, but, all right, it is what it is. Give one to Rush Limbaugh, and they freaked out. Oh, my gosh, she's the worst. Yeah. No. Incredibly talented, more so than, well, more so than Tom Hanks. And I think he obviously, a lot more change. You know, 1994, 1994, when the Republicans took over, remember the contract with America? More than anybody, that was Rush Limbaugh. Well, Bill Clinton, too. People were really fed up with Bill Clinton. All right, so Apple, Apple Computer. That's why I started talking about Rush, because he loved Apple. And they're going to what they call a hybrid work system at Apple, Apple headquarters, a beautiful building. Well, I don't know if it's beautiful or not. It's brand new. It's like they spend billions on it. It looks like it's the size of the Pentagon. Or actually, it kind of looks like the Astrodome. And in the middle, there's no there's no baseball diamond. It's just trees and a picnic table and stuff like that. It looks like a pretty cool place to work. All right? State-of-the-art stuff. Hell, I like going to the Apple Store. That place is kind of, it's just neat to walk around. I don't need an iPhone. I just walk around the place. I like it. So now that, who runs that place? Tim Cook. Tim Cook is in charge. He took over after Steve Jobs, which is a long time ago now, by the way. When did Steve Jobs die? It's at least 10 years ago, something like that. Nine, nine, eight, nine years ago. Uh, He's been running the show and doing a pretty good job. I've not noticed anything wrong with my phone or my iPads. I love this stuff, too. When did he die? 2011. Okay. Uh 11 years ago, uh, Tim Cook has been running the deal. Anyway, what? here's the deal. They don't want to go back to work, and they say it's racist to go back to work. A bunch of Apple employees, uh, I wonder if they had the nerve to put their name to this or they just anonymously sent it. If I were them, well, there are kind of spelling mistakes and punctuation issues, and I don't um, listen to this. So that they don't want to go back to work, and they're going on and on and on about how they can work better from home, and it's much more efficient, and we can uh, we have more time to think. And so there's also this. The fifth reason, they say, is diversity. Ready? Apple will always find people willing to work here. 
but our current policies requiring everyone to relocate to the office their team happens to be based in and being in the office at least three fixed days of the week will change the makeup of our workforce. It will make Apple younger, whiter, more male-dominated, and more neuronormative, whatever the hell that means, more able-bodied. In short, it will lead to privileges deciding who can work for Apple, not who'd be the best fit. Privileges like being born in the right place so you don't have to relocate or being young enough to start a new life in a new city or country or having a stay-at-home spouse who will move with you and privileges like being born into a gender that society doesn't expect the majority of care work from so it's easy to disappear into an office all day without doing your fair share of unpaid work in society or being rich enough to pay others to do your care work for you. Oh, man. You know what I would do if I were Tim Cook? I would just, I would, I would say, uh, thank you, your resignation is accepted. I would, I would love to fire them. Have you ever had anybody work for you? Could you imagine getting this, a letter like this? You're paying people. You're paying them. And they, they're calling you essentially a racist by having you come into the office? It's insane. But that's the new woke culture. Oh, yeah. And people like Tim Cook, you're, you're partly responsible, actually, because you have let the left, um, you have let the left marginalize your skin color. Oh, yeah, you have. And when you wrote that big fat check to Black Lives Matter and all that stuff, Oh, yeah, without even thinking it and vetting it and uh, is this the right thing to do and why are we doing it and just caving like that, just doing what the woke mob wanted you to do, it's led to insanity like this. Here they continue with their letter. Instead of throwing, wait, instead of throwing money at the problem and just increasing referral bonuses to replace those of our colleagues who left over the executive team's inflexibility, How about we create a work environment where everyone who wants to work at Apple is able to do so? Well, number one, not everyone who wants to work at Apple can work at Apple. You got to have skill. Wow. Wow. The audacity. The privilege. Who writes a note like this and demands, demands to work at home? Hey, CEOs, more than anybody, they want people back at the office. They do. When you're CEO, you're, you know... It's a, it's a big pain in the neck to become CEO, right? You don't want to be a virtual CEO. You want to look at your troops. You want to, you want to be in charge of an army. Let's see what else they got here. Office-bound work is a technology from the last century, from the era before ubiquitous video call, capable Internet, and everyone being on the same internal chat applications. But the future is about connecting when it makes sense with people who have relevant input no matter where they are based. Look, you can make that case. You can. But it's not their case to make. This is what the HR team will have to come up with. This is what, uh, this is this is the prerogative of the CEO. Man, oh, man. Tim Cook, if you're listening, fire them all. He actually says they want money for commuting. Some of them, they say, have two-hour commutes. So that takes two hours out, out of their day. So they're only working for six hours a day. Hello? 
uh, doesn't. It's not supposed to work that way. Did you just out yourselves? <laughs> I don't care how long your commute is. Get to work on time. Go home at the appropriate time. And sorry, yeah, the rest is uh, up to you. Eh, life is supposed to be easy and comfortable. Is this a millennial thing? Is this a Gen Z thing? Uh, let me just. We have a long relationship with Apple. In fact, blah, blah, blah. We are the greatest people. We wanted to da, 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 Ah, this is Tim Cook, what he said. In your first email, returning to our offices, you talk about the serendipity that comes from bumping into colleagues when everyone is in the same place. That is kind of overstated. And we do get to the office, and we're just kind of like, leave me alone. Um, you bump into somebody every now and then. You nod your head, right? <laughs> I mean, there are people I pass all the time. I have no idea what they do here. None. Doesn't mean they're not doing their job. The boss wants us here. End of story. Okay? Amber Heard fires PR team after negative headlines. I didn't notice they were particularly positive or negative. I do notice this. I'm watching them on Fox News right now, and, oh, boy, she looks like, you know what? Her new PR team told her to de-glamorize herself. You're a hot girl, Amber, and nobody likes you, so try to look. Is that true, by the way, to hot girls? Well, attractive women, I should say. Are they, are they, do they have to, I don't know. Is it easy or hard being a, I would imagine it's something of a pain in the neck. Although, I don't know. You let me know. Let's see here. Who do we have? We have any women on the phone? Uh, ooh. <laughs> We're, no, as a matter of fact, you're all dudes. That's okay. Um, let's go with uh, Bill in Delaware. Hi, Bill. Hello. Oh, what's Hi. up? Can you hear Hi. me? Yes, I can. Listen, Greg, I know you work with Newsmax, and this weekend Trump had a rally. Did Newsmax carry it because uh, Comcast didn't put it on their uh, programming? Uh, I don't think so, but I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Now, the rally was canceled. I think we were going to carry it when it was on Friday night, but they canceled because of weather. So that kind of screwed things up. So I don't think I don't know if we did or not. Yeah, because, you know, Comcast is a little shady, and uh, sometimes they won't change the uh, the TV programming yeah. on the listings. And, of course, it was funny. I, and then today they're having a, uh, um, a 3 o'clock on Trump's rally on News, Newsmax. Okay, good. Check it out, Newsmax, 3 o'clock today. Uh, right. Yeah, but I don't that know. It isn't listed either on Comcast. Oh, geez. Yeah, you know, look, Trump calls it Concast for a reason. Concast, you right. know, a bunch of con well, men over there. Yeah. I, I wanted to bring it to your attention. All right. Thank you, pal. Hey, where in Delaware are you? We talked before. But I'm in, yeah, I'm, I'm right near your favorite guy. You're near Wilmington, huh? No, he's in the, down in south to Lewis. I don't know. Who the hell do I know? I don't know anybody. Delaware. Who the hell would be that? I don't know anybody other than Joe Biden. Delaware. Joe Biden. I got you. Thank you, Bill. No, well, you know how I feel about him. I can't stand the guy. But Delaware is a, uh, well, uh, uh, is it a good state or not, Bill? Be honest. Yeah, you got your Second Amendment intact. And uh, basically the southern part of the state is all Republican. So, yeah, it's good. the water part of the state is a good part. Yeah. All right. Hey, and also, if you're looking for a romantic getaway, I do recommend the DuPont Hotel. It's one of those old-school hotels. It's in Wilmington. You get a whole suite. It's, generally speaking, uh, very affordable, um, a decent price, and it feels like you're stepping into, uh, like, 1930. It's pretty cool. Thank you, pal, very much. 
Hey, real quick, um, Eric Adams over the weekend invited all the police chiefs to get him out of the jam he's in. Uh, he wanted some ideas. He wanted the police chiefs to bring in ideas. Because Eric Adams doesn't have any. He really doesn't. He's screwed. He's totally screwed. He wanted this job all of his life, and he plotted and schemed and wormed his way into it by being a mediocre cop, by being an irrelevant lawmaker, by being the kind of guy with nothing to lose. That's why a lot of good people don't go into politics these days, because they have something to lose. You know, their reputation, um, income, they're making real money. They don't want to walk away from that. But the, the, the piss ants we have now, this is like the opportunity of a lifetime. They have nothing else going on. It doesn't matter. You think de Blasio was in demand in the corporate sector? You think Eric Adams? You think Eric Adams would be running a company of 300,000 people and a multi-billion dollar budget? Of course not. Of course not. He doesn't know anything. Cut 32. Let's see what happened. This was not about bringing them in, uh, dressing them down. This was about lifting them up. In order to start policing the city safely again, I heard across the board, it's time to get back to the basics. We also need every other agency in the city engaged. Wow. It's not about dressing them down. It's about bringing them up. And we got to get back to the basics. How's that for specificity, huh? <laughs> Uh, Terry versus versus Ohio, landmark case involving stop and frisk. Talk about that for two minutes, Eric Adams. I dare you. I dare you. You have no idea. You don't know how to do it. You have no idea, no skill, no knowledge, and we're all paying the price. Be right back. Greg Kelly. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. You know, one of, one of the things I love about this opportunity to talk with all of you and to host the show on Newsmax at 7 o'clock is that uh, I have a fair amount of discretion as to what I talk about and uh, what I show, what I reveal, what video, what sound bites. And, uh, you know, I was reminded by my wife, actually, that we lost the war in Afghanistan, and it was in August. It's not ancient history. It's less than a year ago. We lost a war in Afghanistan, and we left $7.12 billion worth of military weapons and material there, vehicles, uh, airplanes, guns, uh, you name it, it's there. And who is in charge of Afghanistan now? The Taliban. Yeah. 20 years. 20 years of sacrifice. 20 years of all that money spent. And they knew better. They knew better. They knew this was going to be an issue. And they blew it off anyway. Now, the more I think about this, the more I think that Joe Biden did it for the Chinese. I don't know that for a fact. I have my suspicions, though. You know, China borders Afghanistan. They have a very narrow border, but they do. China is the big superpower next door to Afghanistan. Now, do they want that stuff? What is the, I don't know what their geopolitical motivation would be vis-a-vis Afghanistan. Something's going on. Now, somebody knew that this was a real problem. Joe Biden did. He doesn't any, well, probably does, but 
Here he is running for president when he had absolutely no chance, but it was a good way to make money and get your name out there. Right, Joe? Uh, Cut 39. This is Joe Biden all the way back. This is 14 years. Exactly 14 years later, he would be in charge of losing the war in Afghanistan and leaving all of our equipment behind. But he knew better. He knew better. He knew the exact problem that he let happen. You can't leave all that material in the hands of our enemies. We don't do that. We blow the stuff up. You see, during Vietnam, you push the aircraft right off the boat. You don't let it get into the enemy's hands. Right, Joe Biden? Of course, you were right. Unfortunately, it was all the way back in 2007, August. Cut 39. Go. It makes a big difference how we end this war. And it makes a big difference to tell the American people the truth about what our options are in ending this war. If tomorrow the order goes out from the president, I'm president of the United States, I issue an order, end the war today, begin to withdraw all American troops. It will take a year to get the American troops out. You hear me now? That's the truth. It will take a year to get them physically out. Now, if you leave all the equipment behind, you might be able to do it in seven months. And you leave those billions of dollars of weapons behind, I promise they're going to be used against your grandchild and mine someday. Your grandchild and mine someday. He guaranteed it. He guaranteed it. And I think he's right about that. Why did he let it happen? Why would he have let that happen? Does it have something to do with the Chinese? What was their strategic interest in Afghanistan? What's going on there? I know one person who would not have let it happen. And you know what? Nobody ever campaigns on on this issue, except Trump, of course. You, you, you throw out a bunch of bromide crap. You throw out a bunch of feel-good slogans, kind of like Eric Adams. That's how politics works in America. You don't talk about military hardware left in Iraq. Who would do that? Only Trump. And he did on June 16th, 2015, The day he came down the escalator, cut 38, go. We spent $2 trillion in Iraq. $2 trillion. We lost thousands of lives. Last week I read 2,300 Humvees. These are big vehicles. Were left behind for the enemy. 2,000, you would say maybe two, maybe four. 2,300 sophisticated vehicles they ran. They left them all there. Now, how many presidents, how many presidential candidates were talking about that? Just Trump. It would not have happened. It would not have happened. Ukraine would not have happened if Trump were still in power. People have lost their lives. Now. It's tough, and people do lose their lives in war, right? It just it happens. But at least in Joe Biden, what do we have? What does the fake news say? Oh, yes, he has empathy. He, he, he knows what it's like, everybody does, by the way, to lose somebody they love, right? It happens. It's part of life. It's going to happen. If it hasn't happened yet, it's going to happen someday. We're all going to die, too. But Joe, of course, cornered the market on grief and sympathy and empathy, right? At one point, I thought he was running to be funeral director-in-chief, actually. He seemed to take a weird, perverse pleasure in talking about 
that car crash in 1972. Although I noticed, by the way, he very rarely, forgive me, but he didn't talk much about the wife and not much about the daughter. It was all about Bo and Hunter, raising them as a single dad. Well, the fake news certainly fell for it. Cut 36. We have a president-elect who's all too familiar with personal pain, stepping up to be the consoler-in-chief because he has to in this moment. But the thing about him that no one can deny is that he really is somebody of unbelievable empathy. We're seeing Joe Biden attempting to fill that void, if you like, uh, of, to use your phrase, the uh, consoler-in-chief. We're blessed. And we're just blessed as a country that we have a guy like that that can step up right now. You need a consoler-in-chief. Consoler-in-chief. Phony media term. And his first opportunity to really play that role, to really do that, when those troops came home, dead in boxes from that horrible blast in Afghanistan. Remember? Remember when they came off the plane? What was Joe Biden doing? Checking his watch. Checking his watch. What did they do at 800,000 COVID deaths, actually? You remember this? I noticed it was a big deal when we lost 100,000. He put out a very heartfelt statement. 200,000, 300,000, 400,000, 500,000. Oh, yeah. And then something happened. It started happening on his watch. And 600,000, not so much. 700,000, even less. And then we got to 800,000. And by the way, I think we might be up at a million. Did anybody remember the one million commemoration? I don't think we had an event for that. Here he is at 800,000. You'll hear the reporter. Now, he had had candlelight vigils at 600,000. At 500,000, he goes to the Lincoln Memorial, breaks down in tears for all the lives lost, all the dinners missed. Sure, yeah, that's, uh, that's tough. At 800,000, when it's on him, what does he do? Cut 37. President Biden, on 800,000 coronavirus deaths. Um, if you have a statement on your responsibility, why haven't you uh, asked China to do more to be transparent on the origins? He smiled and waved and walked away. He heard the question. I played it on the Newsmax show. He hears the question. He waves and walks away. How many people have we lost, by the way, to COVID? COVID deaths in America. Hmm. Let's see here. Officially, 992,000. So we're coming up on a million. Let's keep our eye on that. Are they going to try to hang it around Joe Biden like they hung the first COVID case around Donald Trump? I don't think so. I don't think so, actually. Time to move on. Time to move on. Of course it's time to move on. Hey, I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. 
Greg Kelly. The latest breaking news and opinions. Entertaining and informative. Hey, welcome to May, by the way. May, 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 May 2nd. So what does that mean? How many months done? January, February, March, April, four. And that means if I'm ever going to transform my body once and for all, it has started. It has started. I'm not screwing around anymore. Uh, April 30th was Saturday night. And I was at a very fancy dinner party. And out of respect to the hostess, I devoured everything I could. Uh, I was genuinely full by the time the dessert came, but I did have a huge hunk of it. They offered me, they even encouraged me to have a second piece of chocolate cake, which I and I reluctantly had to decline. This has not happened very more. If only I had not eaten all of those damn vegetables. They had a very, uh, uh, I've never seen it like this, asparagus that was white and huge. It was like um, the size of a big carrot. Have you ever had that before? And it was some sort of asparagus. I didn't ask too many questions. It was very good. Oh, and it had all these sauces like honey, mustard, or it wasn't that, but it was great stuff. Next time I skipped the vegetables, more room for dessert. Um, Man, I love to eat. But enough's enough. Enough's enough. And it's a pretty simple game plan I'm going to follow. Uh, I learned some of this stuff from my friends at the Skinny Center, by the way. They're great people, great people. Uh, I lost the weight, but you know what? I kind of, uh, uh, some of my old habits came back and whatever. Here I am. Two tons of fun. When I haul ass, it takes two trips. Uh, what's another, what's another fatty joke? Uh, I see Rich wants to, what, you got one? Do I have my own zip code? Your butt is so big it has its own zip code? You know, know, it's, uh, (laughs) it's okay when I do it. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> Somehow that's genuinely insulting, but uh, no, I'm I'm not I'm not that bad. But anyway, all right. So nothing, no eating until uh, lunchtime. Did that today. Uh, cardiovascular exercise every morning. Famous last words. Did that today. No snacking. More water. And uh, I'm going to be strutting my stuff by the Fourth of July. What do you think of 2023? I don't know if I can do it, but I'm trying. Um, hey, do you remember the good old days? And I hate to say that. Maybe, uh, let me revise and amend those comments. Uh, well, there was a time when this country thought about big things, tried to do stuff together, right? I mean, really big things, like getting to the moon. And we didn't have to rely. You know what? I love Elon Musk, but... Um, it felt like we all had a stake in it. Oh, I wasn't alive, but I think it was different. I think it was like what Peter Thiel was talking about. And you know this Peter Thiel guy? He's totally a genius. He's a Trump guy. He's tech. He's a tech titan. He invented PayPal. He actually brought us, helped bring us Facebook. Yeah. Um, but a total brainiac. What else about him? Well, let me play this first. This is cut 49 from the 2016 uh, Republican National Convention. And they couldn't get anybody to speak. Remember that? It was like Scott Bayo, Trump, and this guy. And I like Scott Bayo, by the way, but uh, cut, cut 49. When, when I was a kid, the great debate was about how to defeat the Soviet Union. And we won. Now we are told, now we are told that the great debate 
is about who gets to use which bathroom. This is a distraction from our real problems. Who cares? Damn straight, Peter Thiel. But that was, that sounds almost quaint. Who cares? Well, like everybody does, apparently. I mean, that's the national pastime, debating that crap. There are four people in the country with gender dysphoria. Why are we talking about them? One of the reasons why we're talking about them all the time is because half of the New York Times, I think they're gender curious, if you know what I mean. I think this appeals to them in some way. I actually think they're getting some pseudo-sexual pleasure by assigning these articles, by talking about kids, by talking about gender reassignment surgery, by talking about LGBTQ plus pansexual, sexually fluid stuff all day long. You see, you can talk about sex. You know, most people can't really talk about sex, right? I mean, you know, you can, but, you know, privately, discreetly. But here we can come out and talk about that stuff, right? I think they're getting a kick out of it for the wrong reasons, especially when they bring children into the mix. I just saw they had a drag parade at some little school, middle school, I should say, in Pennsylvania. Now, curiously, uh, and I don't want to say wonderfully, but it's nice. The school is apologizing. The school is actually apologizing. They said they let the teachers get a little bit out of hand and... They're trying to dial it all back. You think? I'm trying to think, what parade did we have? We had one. Well, we didn't even have the Fourth of July parade. That was in that was in the summertime. I do remember 1976. We all went ballistic with, uh, you know, the spirit of '76. Hey, get this. I tweeted at one point, "The spirit of '76." They're trying to get me in trouble for that. They're trying to get me in trouble for that. That somehow I was inciting things by talking about 1776. You know, I'm sorry, but I was alive for the bicentennial of this country. You called Air Force One. The name of Air Force One was the Spirit of 76. They painted it on the side of the plane. The Spirit of 76. They have demonized and delegitimized our own history. Can you believe that? And who's paying the price? Well, we all are. But more than anybody, cops. 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 Police officers. Police officers. Hey, by the way, and I want to uh, acknowledge again, it's a firefighter, but Timothy Klein, the firefighter, died at the age of 31. Buried him last week. 31. Just 31. Six years on the job. From Breezy Point, never married, no kids, firefighter father. And I'm reminded, by the way, because the fake news for a little while, even the fake news had to acknowledge the heroism of two police officers named Jason Rivera and Wilbert Mora. Remember these guys up in Harlem? They were gunned down. Mother called for help. Emotionally disturbed son was acting up with the gun, so they called the cops. These guys show up, and they get, bam, shot, both of them dead. It's interesting, though, how many people could actually name these names? Jason Rivera and Wilbert Mora. How about Wenjin Liu and Rafael Ramos? Two officers who were shot in the height of a de Blasio and Bratton-sanctioned riot in December of 2014. Because people were really upset that Daniel Pintaleo, the officer involved in the Eric Garner arrest, remember that? that he wasn't indicted. 
I think it was a good thing that he wasn't indicted. He was doing his job. This guy didn't want to be arrested. Somehow that's it's up to it's up to it's up to a person. We're not going to we delegitimize cops. And you know what happens when you delegitimize them? You invite lunatics to open fire, and that's happening. You think? You think Christopher Ray from the FBI? FBI Director Christopher Ray finally wants to talk about things he should have been talking about and obsessed with since the day he took the oath. Law enforcement. Law enforcement in America. Not white supremacy. Not all this garbage and political correctness that you've been kowtowing to and playing to. And we're supposed to give you points because you're finally acknowledging the havoc that you and your far-left cronies have unleashed. And if they're not far-left, at least the anti-Trump crowd. And there are plenty of people in the Republican world, believe me, who are anti-Trump. Plenty. Anti-Trump, pro-swamp. They just want things to go back to normal. And they don't like the heat right now. They don't like the fact that you and I are looking at politics and evaluating this stuff. And some of us are even given money. They don't like this level of political activism. They want us to defer, defer to the country club set. So Christopher Ray on 60 Minutes uh, acknowledged something, but he's, he's acting like it's a mysterious weather system. Cut 51, please. Violence against law enforcement in this country is one of the biggest phenomenons that I think doesn't get enough attention. Last year, officers were being killed at a rate of almost one every five days. Um, gee, you're the FBI director. This phenomenon like came out of nowhere, like a, like a thunderstorm, like a tornado, a phenomenon, an extreme weather phenomenon. It happened because the mainstream media, I'm not even talking about the, the woke left. I mean, mainstream, run of the mill. You know, the, the news I used to watch as a kid, CBS, NBC, ABC, CNN. They sanctioned all that anti-crap, anti-cop crap. They did. And now we're surprised. We're surprised that this is happening. Hey, I'll tell you what they are surprised by, by the way. Whenever a maniac maniac opens fire on cops, they're always surprised. Oh, by the way, a lot of these cops are people of color. You know, they, 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 they hear about white supremacy, and they think all cops must be white guys who who are racist, right? They, they assume that. That's the caricature. That's the cartoonish image that they have propelled. That's not true. Jason Rivera and Wilbert Mora were both Hispanic. And I also think about Wenjin Liu. Family came from China and Rafael Ramos. I mean, but no, no. See, you talk about white supremacy, and then you talk about how bad cops are. You're radicalizing people who are already on the edge. Hey, like the subway shooter. Does anybody remember that? Was that, three weeks ago tomorrow? It's like it was another lifetime. I can't even think of the guy's name, quite frankly. Who's the guy who opened fire? Frank James. Good for you. Frank James. And his black extremist ideology all over the internet. Is Mayorkas talking about that? Is that what he's looking for? No. No. Election. Can't have anybody talking about the election. Because, uh uh-oh, 
somebody might throw a rock at a window on Capitol Hill. Somebody, and I'll talk about this tonight, those Capitol cops, that is a corrupt police department. The Capitol Hill police are corrupt. The department, yeah, right, a couple of good cops there, sure. That leadership, and quite frankly, it's got to be within the rank and file. Some of it. They let them in. They let them inside. They facilitated that riot. You can look it up. And I'll help you tonight on the Newsmax Show. Give me a second. Your calls when I come back. Greg Kelly. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Hey, it's election day tomorrow in Ohio, right? Primary day. Trump endorsed J.D. Vance. Seems like a great guy to me. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, all right. So let's do the calls, shall we? Uh, Musa is in. Where the hell are you? Musa, what's going on? Hi. Hello? Yes, you're on Hi. the air. What's up? Where are you from? Hi. Hi. I'm from Helden. Where Helden, is that? New Jersey. Okay, I don't know it. But uh, what do you got it's to right say? right next to. Okay, listen. Um. I want to say two things, and I'm going to hang up because I know we're both limited. So the first thing we I want to We got time. Don't is, worry about it. On 70, on 77 Radio, I, I love it because um, I love your show. I love Bo's show, and I hate Rudy Giuliani's show because he was yelling about the laptop for months, and nobody listened. Why do you hate that? Listened, Why? Biden would have never been – because he speaks the truth, and nobody listens. And oh, so, you like, so you like Rudy? Oh, I love Rudy, okay, but good. I hate his show. Now, uh, the other thing. All right. Uh, now, the other thing is why every time there's a holiday, 77, 770 is all over 77, but never see, once I, had a I heard feeling, about Ramadan. I had a feeling never this was one, a complaint. I had a feeling this was a complaint. Yeah, a complaint. I'm going to give you two complaints. You're going to like the next one. All right, wait, wait. Let's go one never, at a time. One at a time. One at a time. One at a time. Okay. So, uh, number one. Never once I heard about All right, relax. Relax. I, I know. Ramadan. All right, hey, calm down. Ramadan. I'll mm-hmm. think. You know what? I'll. I'll. You're right, though. We do o- almost every holiday. We go all out. We have a nice big feast. And here's why I want to do a Ramadan holiday. I'm totally down with that. Uh, the food would be great. I have uh, traveled extensively throughout the Middle East. I've been to mm-hmm. Jordan. I've been to Kuwait. I've been to Bahrain. I've been to uh, uh, Eastern Africa, which is uh, considered uh, part of the Middle East. Uh, and let's see, where the hell else have I been? I've been to Israel. I've been to Gaza. I've been to all these places. Never been to Egypt. I've flown over it. So look, um, it's a, it's a. And by the way, I have to point out, maybe we did it, and you didn't catch wind of it. It's possible, but I will check it out, Musa, all right? Uh, well, the only and, time I heard about it is when they was talking bad about the Muslims, but right, that's okay. Musa, I'm going to check it out, all right? And, you know, say, how about thank you? Thank you. All right. And one more bone to Hey, by the way, where? all right, easy with the bones. Where are you? Never mind. Keep going. What else? In 2016, I did a renovation in a pool in a VA hospital. Um, Which hospital? Which one? Up in New York. I think it's the town was called Montrose, New right. York. Now, why the hell did I ask that? Oh, okay, 2016, um, you renovated a pool yeah. in a hospital. All right. In a uh, VA hospital. All yeah. right, nice. And? And it was very heartbreaking seeing the veterans on campus. And? Um, and I would just like to know, how are we coming up with all this money to send to the Ukraine and to these other countries 
and we don't have money to give to the veterans that fought for our country that needs medical, housing, food, and they're homeless on the street, and the government is not even attempting to help them. Why this? Why is it so difficult for them to get to see a doctor? Well, their, their, yeah. Hey, listen, know. man, that's a good point. I mean, look, we, we can never do enough for the veterans. And let's face it, Democrats uh, have not been good to the veterans. It's one of the reasons why Trump became uh, president and he revamped a lot of those programs and uh, sunk a lot of money into it. And I think it was money well spent. Uh, but we still have a problem. You, you know, I am going to point this out to you, Musa, though. Um, you can never do enough for a veteran or especially a disabled veteran. But at the same time, you can do too much. And there are some groups out there, and they, they have good hearts, and they mean well, but they throw these parties for the veterans, especially the disabled veterans, and, you know, and then it becomes very strange. Like, can you please send us, a, a, you know, an amputee? Well, we have this person, and they have, a, they have a lung ailment. No, 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 no. We'd rather have an amputee so everybody can see. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I was in the reserves in one unit. We had to deal with these kinds of requests every now and then. And then if you have a party... Guess what do you do at a party? You drink a lot, right? You drink at a party, and then you start. Anyway, it can get, you can give away too much. At the same time, you can never, you can never, you can never give them enough, but you can also give them too much. I hope that makes sense, Musa. And uh, uh, good point. I'll check about that Ramadan thing. Um, you know, the other thing I like about Middle, Middle Eastern food, when I was in Jordan, they had this big they slaughtered a lamb for us. I mean, it was like pretty wild, and then they cook it up, and then you eat it with your hands. I thought it was very cool. I enjoyed the whole process, and the food was delicious. Susan is in Brooklyn. What's up? Hi there. You were talking about the disaster of um, how we got out of Afghanistan. Yeah. And um, that I, I wanted to say two things. First of all, I heard President Trump talking about this in one of his rallies. How he knew when uh, Millie was an effing idiot because he said that um, when they discussed about the equipment and all the medical, um, um, the um, arms that we left, yeah. that that they would just leave them. Yeah, and, and he Trump knew he like, knew at that no point. No way he would have already figured out where that he would have had it all taken out of there, and we would have gotten out of there peacefully. Um, number wait, one, wait, and number Susan, two, Susan, you're 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 mixing up. I want to listen one other time. So Millie said, we're going to leave the stuff there. And Trump said to him or Trump said at the rally, at that point, I knew he was an idiot. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. That happened. OK, that that happened. All now, right. What's your point about that? Uh, that it's, uh, another th- the, all these things. He should have fired him. He should have fired him on the spot. He should have fired yeah. him on the spot. And there were a number of times he should have gotten fired. Millie. I think the time that and, – and, and Trump has got to get better at this. I love the guy. I love his policies. I love his uh, his style. But he's got to get better, believe it or not, at firing people. Millie stayed around way too long. And he's still there for crying out loud. And what's the other point you wanted to make, Susan? Oh, that – another benefit to our enemy, China, by just abandoning Bagram Air Base 400 miles away. Now we can't surveil them. We put billions into that Base, and we should have never left that. And those service people wouldn't have been killed if we had had them at Bagram. That's true. I've been to Bagram, by the way. It's a, it's a, it's you know they kept on talking about how expensive it would be to secure. It wouldn't be that expensive. And it was kind of out semi in the middle of nowhere. You could see people coming for a long time. You know, you could see the enemy coming. 
you didn't it would have been so much safer uh yeah i forget i actually was in afghanistan i don't talk about it that much because i was there for like three days and not much happened i insisted on leaving the base because i didn't want to be like pete Buttigieg, you know I don't talk about it because I was barely there, uh, but I do. I was in Iraq for about a year. Susan, all great points. And, all right, I do have to take a break, and do we have time for one more? Uh, cops saved Eric's life on Long Island. What happened? Wow. Oh, hey, Greg. Yeah, I um, listen, I haven't always lived the, uh, the correct on the correct size of the law. All right, listen, they're playing and... the music. Oh, the correct size of the law. I want to hear all about it. I want to hear about your dirty deeds, Eric, but i got to take a quick break, all right? Do me a favor, stick around, and uh, let's see. Oh, Mayorkas, this guy is going to be in charge of the truth. It's laughable, but more than laughable, it's dangerous. Uh, When we come back. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. All right. This is a midterm election year, and uh, Republicans should do very well. The fake news, though, they want to clobber Trump anytime a Trump-endorsed candidate loses. Now, I don't think one has lost yet, but it's bound to happen. He's made a lot of endorsements. And they're just chomping at the bit. The first time one uh, loses, uh, they are just going to say, this shows how limited Donald Trump's appeal is. Um, No, it doesn't. See, no one has done anything like this. You can go back 100 years, 150 years. You've never had an ex-president endorse people like this. No, never. It's never happened. And one of the reasons why it's never happened is because ex-presidents generally don't want to take the risk. They don't want to – they have all that popularity, or if they do, they want to hoard it. They want to just have it, expending it, using it for somebody else, using it for a cause, like to get more Republicans in Congress, right, to take this country back. I think that's kind of worth it. Uh, But no, that's not the way things are done. No, no, nobody sticks their neck out for anybody. You do an endorsement very late in the game, last minute. You better, you know, just uh, we already know you're going to win. That's the way you, you endorse in America. Um, so it's just another thing that shows you how unique Donald Trump is. He wants something. He wants a Republican Senate. He wants a Republican House. Hey, I think he'd like some loyalty from these guys, too. So let's see what happens. He endorsed J.D. Vance in Ohio. And Dr. Roz, I love that guy, in Pennsylvania. Uh, there's a debate on Fox. Uh, I'm sorry, on Newsmax on Wednesday night. Um, so keep an eye on that. In the meantime, uh, oh, Antifa is going crazy in Portland, Oregon, and crazy all over the place. By the way, I notice that the fake news they don't care about Antifa. Antifa is a terrorist group. It is a group. They have they have organizational uh, uh, guiding principles. You know, it's not an idea. Oh, it's just an idea. No, it's a thing. It's a real thing. And they have tactics and procedures and objectives 
and they're trying to tear this country apart. And they're doing it with the assist of, well, the FBI that refuses to acknowledge it's a problem, certainly Democrats. Hell, they may be even doing the bidding of these Democrats who want to turn this country into a socialist state. And what's a feature of a socialist country? Not being able to say whatever the hell you want, whenever the hell you want. Like me, I've got doubts about the 2020 election. Okay. Hey, maybe I even think it was stolen. Maybe I do. I'm saying maybe because I still got to worry about the authorities myself, you know. I can't believe it. Hey, you know what? Screw it. I think he stole it. I think they stole it. Now, I don't want anybody to riot. I don't want anybody to do anything about that. All right? I don't. There better not be. Don't do it. But uh, this is a free country and you're able to say things. Right? It should be. Dinesh D'Souza, by the way, has a great movie coming out where I think it's going to be pretty apparent that uh, at least Georgia was probably stolen and that really dim, shallow guy, Raffsenberger, Raffensberger, whatever the hell, Raffsenberger. What? Oh, boy. I don't think he's corrupt. I just think he's a dunce. So what does a um, socialist society want to do? They want to govern our speech. And so they're setting it up. They're actually going through the, they're, they're doing what you got to do. The preliminary work to keep you and me from talking about, and by the way, if you did steal the election, I bet you would try to make it illegal to talk about it. Yeah, right? Kind of makes sense. If they're evil enough to do that, maybe they're evil enough to, uh, to make it illegal or to ha- maybe just, just make it very difficult for you to talk about it, you and me. So Mayorkas, Mayorkas, who on paper is not a lunatic, but I guess he sold his soul for the job, for power. I, you, you couldn't, I would never, I would never. He has some law enforcement credentials, but uh, they're worthless now. The same guy who broke the border, who's letting all these people in, no wait in Mexico, just come on in, we'll give you a ride to uh, Westchester County Airport, where the fake news won't be documenting it, but Rob Astorino will be. And, wow, we really owe a debt of gratitude to Rob Astorino, the Republican, by the way, who's running for governor right now. I wish him well. He was up there documenting all of this. We would not know about half this stuff if it wasn't for for Rob Astorino. All right, so Mayorkas wants to uh, make it a uh, priority what we talk about. Now, he's couching it, of course. He's couching it. But listen carefully. Go ahead. This is Fox News Sunday. Uh, Mayorkas, go. We address disinformation that presents a security threat to the homeland. Disinformation from Russia, from China, from Iran, from the cartels. So, from Russia? We're going to go through this again? Really? Russia? So, I have concerns about the election. Department of Homeland Security has already labeled that false information, false narrative. We're worried about the election. They say our concerns could lead to another January 6th. You see how it works? They want to delegitimize constitutionally. They want to stigmatize it as well. You and I engage in constitutionally protected free speech. They want to say that, oh, no, you could, that could bring on violence. He actually says it later. There's a connectivity to violence. What else did he say? 
that cartels spread disinformation that Title 42 does not apply to the Haitians. Mm -hmm. And that prompts potentially Haitians to try to come to the United States. And what do we do? U.S. Customs and Border Protection, phenomenal enforcement agency, goes on Creole language stations and communicates that Title 42 does yeah, apply so to Haitians. Now, what Brett Baer, to his credit, points out, it sounds a little bit like the global outreach that's already happening from the State Department, from Voice of America. We already have um, entities that get the real information out. We don't need you guys sitting around and evaluating it. And, oh, by the way, this ain't about the cartels. This ain't about immigration. You know, Mayorkas, you know, you've said it out loud. It's about the election. And who knows what the hell you guys want to do in the next election. Did he say anything else? Go ahead. This is a this is a working group that takes best practices to make sure that in addressing disinformation that presents a threat to the homeland, does our work does not infringe on free speech. Okay, so does not infringe on civil rights, civil liberties. It's not about speech. Well, it's about the connectivity to violence. That is what we need to address. The connectivity to violence. You see, in their minds, they've already established it. January 6th. That's why they're hyping January 6th. The violence of January 6th, the deadly insurrection, the worst thing that happened to this country since the War of 1812, right? All that stuff. You've heard it a million times. It's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense, utter nonsense, but they hype it so they can make talking about it and talking about the election. You talk about the election, uh, people will riot again. Well, you want to talk about disinformation. What about George Floyd? Hmm? What about all the disinformation about George Floyd and the censorship surrounding George Floyd? That story was told in a very alarming way to me because I knew the facts. I knew the facts that were omitted. For instance, that two of the officers involved were people of color. That may have somewhat blunted the momentum of that story. Is that fair to say? Is that a reasonable conclusion? Sure it is. That a black guy was holding down his legs? Yeah, I think that might be relevant. Uh, But they didn't want to talk about that. They wanted to brush over that, right? Uh, Let's see, that there was enough fentanyl inside George Floyd to kill him? We didn't hear much about that either, right? No, we didn't. Why didn't they tell us that? Well, because they wanted to make it look like it was definitely the evil cop with the knee on the neck. We also didn't hear that the, this, see, this is all arguably misinformation. Maybe the government should be involved in this. Would have saved the country billions of dollars in damage and, you know, to all the looting and all that stuff, right? Let's see. What else about that? Oh, the fact that they let him out of the vehicle. They put him in the police car. He had a panic attack, so they took mercy on him and put him on the ground. Why aren't those facts included? Lou is on the phone in Zion Grove, Pennsylvania. Hello, Lou. Hey, Greg. How are we doing today? I said uh, the message to my son that you sent, the police officer in Georgia, you sent your good wishes to him, and he said right back at you. And uh, he sent the message back to you that, 
Atlanta needs your father down there. Oh, that's so nice of him. Thank you very much. I know you got yeah. very – I thought about you over the weekend. You were very emotional when you told that story. Granted, I understand uh, your son shows up and that little girl happened to be a, a, a young girl of color and told your son that she was supposed to be afraid of him, right? She said she was afraid of him, and when he asked her why, she replied, because you might kill me. Talk about misinformation, right? Talk about that's what they have brought on. It's uh, it's incredibly sad. It really is. It's a yeah, wow. yeah. I got a one, three, six, and nine year old little granddaughters and a nine year old grandson. So you know, it's close to home. You know, the ages. It's a well. Anyway, listen. Thanks for sending it on to your uh, my best wishes to your son, and uh, for saying that about my dad. Anything else, Lou, on your mind? Yeah, yeah. Before I get to Mayorkas, I wanted to add into that uh, Bagram and China. I wanted to add into lithium that is uh, in Afghanistan. Oh, yeah, the lithium for the batteries, right? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, something else. I wonder if the Bidens are getting a piece of that. (laughs) I would not be surprised. Neither would I. Neither would I. They they seem to have... uh... They're playing by a different set of rules, aren't they? Uh, Yeah. Hey, uh, what? Uh, I wanted to comment on uh, Mayorkas. All right, real quick, if you don't mind, Lou. Yeah, he comments domestic terrorism is our greatest threat. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, he's the main perpetrator. He ought to know. It takes one to know one. He's responsible for more deaths coming over the border from the drugs than Osama bin Laden is. Now, in fairness to Mayorkas, he said that it was white supremacy-based terrorism that posed an existential threat to America. White supremacy! I'm trying to tell you that he was lying even more than you thought. Uh, and so was the fake news. Let me see here. Uh, where is all that stuff that we got? Do we have that? Hey, in the meantime, here's a little bit of fake news. Um Joe Biden and Jill, where do they go on their first date again? Cut 47, please. Where was your first date? We went to Philadelphia to the movies. Do you remember the film? No, I don't. No, I don't. (laughs) Because they, uh, I don't know if they met the way they're trying to say they met, okay? Now, where's this mother of all uh, white supremacy montage loops? I thought we had one ready to go. Oh, here we go. Yes. Cut 50, if you don't mind. Cut 50. One of my favorites. Talk about misinformation, Lou. Here we go. According to the intelligence community, terrorism from white supremacy is the most lethal threat to the homeland today. One of the greatest threats to our national security is domestic terrorism manifested by white supremacists. I obviously am very concerned about the rise of extremism and extremism related to white supremacy. The FBI has warned repeatedly that domestic terrorism fueled by white supremacy is the number one threat to the United States right now. Uh, wrong. <laughs> Where are they? Where the hell are these white supremacists, right? I deplore them wherever they are. But there are four of them, and they're off in the woods, right? They're off in the woods somewhere. And when they break the law, arrest them. But hyping the hell out of it, it's almost like they're wishing it into existence, you know? Um... Meanwhile, Antifa. Meanwhile, crime. Hey, by the way, you see how all these drugstores now have to close? Walgreens, Rite Aid. Quite frankly, we probably had too many of them, you know, but they have to close because of chronic shoplifting. And you can't stop shoplifters anymore. It's just help yourself. It's like an all-you-can-eat buffet. I'll be right back. 
Greg Kelly. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days In, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Yeah, if I want to say it's stolen, I can say it's stolen. All right? I got concerns about the election. This is still America, ma'am. This is still America. And um, the digital surveillance, what the hell do they call it again? The Digital Governance Board at the Department of Homeland Security. Governance? 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 You're governing? You're in charge? Get the hell out of it. But maybe we got this all wrong. Maybe uh, Jen Psaki... Outgoing press secretary. Enough is enough with her. I saw her at the Wall Street, uh, what the hell was that thing? Uh, The um, Washington Correspondents' Dinner. She wore this gold suit. She looked like C-3PO. Remember C-3PO from Star Wars? She looked like a droid. She looked like an android. She sounds like one sometimes, too. A computer that's on overload. Here she is trying to um, explain the digital... Disinformation Governance Board. Good luck with that. Cut 10. The first example they gave uh, about what they're going to do is uh, is support the Department of Homeland Security's work, ongoing work, back to the former administration on to address how and understand how misinformation spread by human smugglers that prey on vulnerable populations attempting to migrate to the United States. What the hell was up with the music in the background? I didn't like that. All right, they're just trying to say this is a, this 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 is what they're going to do about immigration, right? What the hell does a digital governance board have to do with immigration, migration, illegal or otherwise? Or all kinds of methods to get the word out about legitimate things. We don't need this. But boy oh boy, they are excited about this new opportunity. Government-sponsored censorship, they're all on board, cut 12. Our message has been straightforward and simple, and it's true. The border is closed. The data shows that most of the price increases we've seen are, were expected and are expected to be temporary. You can see evidence in plain sight uh, on the issue of collusion, pretty compelling evidence. Nothing has changed about what I said yesterday. The president does not get involved in the business dealings of his son. Well, let me be clear. Any American wants to come home, we will get you home. <laughs> now, there's some disinformation right there. Also known as lies, actually. Lies. Lies. Told for profit and power and sometimes fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. We have... I got to get ready for the Newsmax show, so... With that, let me just go through the uh, – Eric, you were telling us uh, you were saved by a cop not too long ago. But first things first, you were a bad guy. You were breaking the law all the time? No, no, not like that. Uh, not all the time. And I don't really want to discuss that. Well, um, I'm so uh, sorry, to- but I have to find out who I'm dealing with here. Oh. So, <laughs> I mean, come on. Just tell us a little uh, bit, a little okay. bit of your criminal got, record. I, I'll, I'll – 
Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, I got into a really bad car accident. And? Uh, broke some vertebrae in my Oh, wait, neck. wait, wait, wait. You're jumping ahead. Uh, hey, wait, wait. Eric, 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 Eric. This is the yeah. part where the cop saves your I'm life, right? You, well, no. Oh, all um, right. All right. So you get I all banged up. Here's the deal. I got addicted to painkillers. Uh-huh. I'm trying to explain to you, like, my criminal history really isn't important. The fact is that I prayed to God for somebody to pull me out of the life of misery. And he sent uh, basically the police to stop me from continuing on with my the way I was living. And by that venue, uh, going to court and all that, I wound up getting sober and clean and and uh, strengthening my connection to God. What I wanted to ask you, though, is, like, why would I thank a police officer in the city sometimes? You know, they kind of shrug it off. You know, I try to let them know that, listen, you know, uh, not everybody hates you guys. Uh, well, it's a beautiful story. I'm glad you got it all straightened out and the cop sent you on his way. But now, I'm sorry, your beef is that they don't make a bigger deal about your story? No, 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 no. Like, it's a question. Like, when you thank uh, a veteran for his service, I like, when I have the opportunity, I like to thank police for their service and let them know not everybody. You know that they're they have support out here, right? You know, right? And they stop, they don't sort of like um, not that I want to like a big whatever pat on the back or something, but they seem to just shrug it off. Well, I listen, number dad, one, Eric, 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 know, Eric, 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 yeah, Eric, Eric. Hold on, I mean, number one, they're working, all right. Number two, you're just some guy, a stranger, coming up to them to talk to them for basically no reason. I mean, you know, and I don't know if that's the best, uh, you know. I don't know if that's that nice to hear. You know, not everybody hates you. I like you. Think about that, Eric. Seriously. I mean, you know, we don't all hate you out here. They're on the job. You never know what you're getting. You know, we have people, all kinds of nuts out there. You know, Eric, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't make too much of it. Uh, I wouldn't make too much of that. But I'm, I'm, I'm so happy you shared the story and I'm, that you straightened everything out. Thank you, Eric, very, very much. Let me see here. Uh, oh, uh, John, real quick from Bohemia. John, yes. Yeah, I just want to say, um, President Trump built three more veteran centers out here in Suffolk County, like homeless homeless shelters. And uh, there's a lot of resources for the homeless vets to go to. I mean, the guy's saying, oh, we're not doing nothing. Believe me, we are. The only thing with the homeless, uh, they're not going to let you shoot heroin and drink yourself to death when they give you a room. It's, it's it's a program. You're going to have job counselors. You're going to have psychiatric help. And there's even people who, you know, the veterans who are living on the streets, we know where they are. And there's people that visit them. They take them to the VA. Hey, can I ask you something? Are you a veteran? Yeah, absolutely. I'm involved with the uh, American Legion. So what's uh, up with vet- all these homeless veterans? I mean, you know, there are, there are veterans. There are homeless people from all walks of life. You can go and talk to them. And, you know, one was an accountant. You know, one was a career criminal, one was a lawyer. But the veterans get a lot of attention. Why do you think that is? Well, the thing is, like I said, they're not going to let you do drugs at the veterans' homeless shelters. No, I know. I'm just just talking about veterans because, you know, you you learn some skills in the military. You learn learn independence. You learn how to rely on yourself and others. So— I don't know. Sometimes when I hear about this. But anyway, John, uh, final word, then I got to go. Okay. Well, in Vietnam, there was a huge propaganda campaign to blame the troops for the war. 
you know. Um, I think that's I mean, somewhat you know, overstated, to be honest. I think that's somewhat overstated. I've heard, I've heard all that. You know, my father served in Vietnam. Uh, I think it was somewhat overstated. Um, but let's face it, that John Kerry, that bum, remember when he came back and all that crap he said, John? Remember that? Have you seen that stuff? I remember that. And spitting on veterans was fake news. Spitting, uh, spitting on veterans was fake news, actually. It didn't happen. You're right about that. John, thank you. Bill, thank you. Dennis Gill, the rest. Rachel, I will talk to you tonight, if you're available, at 7 p.m. on Newsmax. All the best. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.